Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Alright guys, happy December 1st! I don't know about you guys, but I'm pumped about it. It doesn't really feel super Christmassy um, with everything that's going on, but we can only do what's in our control and I'm going to try and have the best Christmas and still try and make it like super Christmassy, so um, we will see how that goes, but um, yeah, I can't believe it's already December 1st. I feel like once we hit October in 2020, it's like my life flashed from my eyes. I was like, how on earth are we already in October? Like, this is insane to me. Um, and now we're in December. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like an old lady when I say that. Oh, you know, time's flying. Like, yeah, time is actually flying and it's really hard to believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, technically, like, I guess for me, it is, um, it's Friday. It's Black Friday, actually. Excuse me. Coronavirus. Um, but yeah, no, so, um, it's Black Friday. Everyone's probably out shopping. I'm off today. Um, I did get some stuff on like Sephora and everything for some Christmas shopping and did some Christmas shopping during the week, trying to support locals if I can and everything. Um, and it's really hard because I'm trying not to go into the shops, plus I hate the mall. I really despise going into the mall. And um, yeah, so like, I mean, I've just been trying to do like my little bit and I already wrapped some presents last night. It's great. So that's all I've been kind of up to. Um, for shows that I am watching, I wanted to tell you guys about this one. It's on Amazon Prime and it's called Liar. It's absolutely amazing. I'm only, I think I'm on episode four on that one. Um, but it's basically like one of those like um, British true crime um, murder shows or whatever, like murder mystery shows. And like, I seen a clip of it actually because I was watching like Gogglebox and um, basically what, what it's about is... Um, this one woman she goes on a date with this guy he's a doctor she's a teacher and then you know after the first date she realizes she doesn't remember anything that had happened that night and then she kind of as her date goes on she's like oh fuck she's like i think i was drugged and i was raped so it's really really good um and then you're just you're trying to like find out if she's gonna get him and he's just like this really narcissistic manipulative guy um so I'd really recommend that. Uh, for other stuff, what else was I watching? Um, I don't know what else I've been watching really. I think it's honestly I've been going to bed so early. Like I find it like such a struggle to keep my eyes open. I'm like popping melatonin and I'm out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so those are all. And then I've just been watching. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, which not everyone can watch. So that's why I'm not like really talking about it too much. And it's a reality TV show. It's not even to do with true crime, but it's brilliant. It's dark humor, just what I like. It's people getting tortured by the most nastiest things you could possibly think of. Um, like they literally had to drink like sheep's anus the other night. I was like, that's fantastic. That's so gross. Um, but yeah, I think this weekend I'm, I might try and do some Christmas baking. I'm not sure. Um, I think it'd be I think it'd be nice to do. 
I'm not a good baker at all. Anytime I bake, I basically chip a tooth because it's either too hard or maybe it wasn't cooked in the middle properly or but I really wanna I really wanna get good at baking and I really wanna make like gingerbread men. Um but like make them like soft, like I don't want them like crunchy. See like some people like those, like a ginger snap almost. I don't I don't like them like that. So yeah, I might make some of those and we always like dip a little bit of the head, a little bit of the leg, the hands in chocolate. We don't use icing. Um, back home and it, it's so much better. A little bit you you wouldn't think that a ginger cookie with chocolate would be good, but I promise you, it's pretty good. And I'll also have to find like cookie cutters that are um, Christmas based. I need to find those. Um, if you are ever stuck and you're like, oh, I want to do it now, and like I I don't know where to get them from because mostly Amazon has them. Like it's really hard to actually find them in the grocery stores sometimes. Um, go to Value Village. Like go to like your local thrift store. I got so many good ones for Halloween when I attempted to make Halloween cookies, which didn't really turn out well. But um, yeah, like I, I really recommend just going there. And like some people, that grosses people out, but like literally just put them in your dishwasher or wash them by hand, leave them soaking in roasting hot water. It's fine. Like it's no different. Um, we gotta reuse and recycle, guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's pretty much all I have to report to you guys. Oh, so. This is one thing I wanted to say. Do you ever just go through life thinking that you're saying a word correctly and you're confidently speaking it and like saying it how you thought it was pronounced like your whole life and then to be rudely awakened one day? Well, that happened to me. I was <laughs> scrolling through Instagram and this girl was like, oh, this is like the bane of my existence. And I was like, what the fuck? She spelled vain. Like, it's, it's vain of my existence, like with a V. <laughs> <laughs> I googled is it vain or bane of my existence <laughs> it was bane and my whole life and I say that sentence a lot I'm like oh the vein of my existence <laughs> so confidently and then I come home and like I tell Chris I'm like Chris please do not tell me you thought it was bane and he's like what do you mean I'm like it was bane of, bane of my existence and he's like yeah I'm like, so it's not vain, like vain in your arm. He's like, no. I'm like, fuck. This is so bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, that wasn't um, that wasn't really fun to deal with because I definitely say that a lot, and I feel like, you know, sometimes you say so confidently as well. People are like, I'm just gonna let her off with it. It's fine. And one of my coworkers actually, like, it's so funny. Like, I'll say something, and I'm like so confidently speaking it. And she's like, oh, what was it? prude or prune or pruny or something and I was like oh look I'm such a prune sometimes and she's like you mean prude <laughs> I was calling myself a fruit my whole life <laughs> or baboon and buffoon that was another one between me and my really good friend Liz like it just getting those confused but yeah like I literally go through life sometimes and I'm like mm, that sounds right I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say it with such confidence and then you're absolutely mortified to find out that that's not the case at all um but yeah so those are some shows to watch um and then oh we've been watching The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant that's his name Hugh Grant's the English one Hugh Jackman's the American one but um, it was funny because we've been watching it and then my boyfriend and I, we were watching The Graham Morton Show. It's a really good UK talk show. 
and Hugh Grant was on there and he seems awful snobby <laughs> he seems so so snobby maybe that's just his persona and because like, I hear he's like really hard to like work with as well as an actor um but if you can watch that it's, it's a HBO series comes out every Sunday it's fantastic Nicole Kidman's excellent in it um there was a massive cliffhanger at the end of um episode five I think so I think we're coming to the end I feel like there'll be like seven episodes there'll be like one of those shows um but uh it's fantastic I lost interest in the Queen's Gambit I will say and I just saw um an article saying that it has been the most watched show in history on Netflix or in like any tv show ever they get 62 million views like the whole entire series watched from start to end um and because it's december 1st i'm gonna give you guys some christmas movie recommendations as much as i love my dark stuff and my scary stuff and my fucking whacked out shit i fucking love christmas i love it more than life itself it is probably one of the most spectacular times of the year i love the whole getting people together you get dressed up drinking the games the gift giving the food the fucking food oh my god the food's amazing um the movies the music like i've been listening to christmas music on my way to work and i'm really thinking of doing like a live car karaoke of me singing christmas tunes on the way to work because i can't even tell you the serotonin releases in my body i am up there and i am jamming i'm giving the people to the left of me to the right of me while i'm driving to work on crow child a little concert a little little uh, something to brighten up your monday morning it's great and you know if you ever feel like you're a grinch just fucking put on some christmas music and just dance like nobody's watching that's what i do and i love it and it makes me really happy <laughs> um but so a movie that came out last year was last christmas and it was by it was it had like amelia clark and the actor from crazy rich asians he's also in the gentleman uh the gentleman's amazing an amazing movie i've actually not watched crazy rich asians but he is the main character and he's actually english fantastic actor really handsome as well like he's super handsome um and so that's a fantastic movie a lot of people didn't like it it had a low rating on um uh, rotten tomatoes but my god it was probably one of the best christmas movies that's come out in like a long time and just the twist at the end and like a reminder to be like grateful i really liked it ball my eyes out in the movie theater like a little bitch but anyways um such a good movie christmas it's not my top sorry that's not my top movie it's definitely not but um my favorite favorite christmas movie would have to be home alone or elf um but i love chris with the cranks i love love actually i love the holiday i love something cooper's uh that's really good and that's got timothy chamelay or whatever the heck his name is <laughs> the really hot guy that everyone's obsessed with on tiktok um so there's some christmas movies you can watch right now oh and any of the santa claus movies they're great with tim allen um i just friggin i love him in christmas movies i love him as an actor i love him in christmas with the cranks when he gets botox 
Like I just, there's just so much about that movie that I fucking love, and of course all the Hallmark movies. Um, and if you have any dub ones that you think I should watch, like I'm just going off the top of my head, The Christmas Chronicles Two is a great movie, such a great movie. Um, okay, and now I'm blabbing on because I'm almost at 13 minutes, and I've just been talking about Christmas for the last while. But it's December first. You can just give me that, okay? Um, but anyways. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's episode 20 as well. I can't believe I'm on my 20th episode. This is fantastic. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Again, I'm loving all the feedback. Please always reach out to me and tell me any good ideas that you have that you think I would like to do for this, that you'd like to hear on this podcast or any murders or true crime stories or mysteries or paranormal stories that happened around Christmas that you'd like, that you want to tell me and that you'd like to share because I, w- I would love to be able to share those. Um... But yeah, happy listening. All right, guys. So for today's episode, episode 20, we are going to be doing the Chris Benoit murder-suicide case. Um, If you don't know who he is, he was a famous Canadian WWE wrestler. Um, I have my brother, Kyle, um... He is obsessed with WWE, like John Cena, the whole shebang. He loves a good wrestle, like him and my boyfriend or my dad and my brother. Uh, I have another brother, I have two brothers. They love wrestling with each other and like just like acting the maggot. And Kyle's good, like he's really strong, like (laughs) I wouldn't find him. (laughs) But um, he's a major, major fan of WWE. And I, if I play this episode for him, I think he'd like shit himself. He'd be like, oh my God. John Cena. He that's all he ever says is John Cena. Or he goes, John Enot. John Enot. <laughs> I love Kyle. But um that's my only relation to WWE is that my brother is obsessed. Obsessed. He knows all the moves, all the things, all the music. So Chris Benoit was from um Montreal originally, and then his family actually moved to Edmonton, Alberta. So Edmonton is just north of Calgary. And a little background story to him, where he started to get his love for um, WWE was, I guess, during Stampede in like the 80s, they used to do WWE Stampede Wrestling. And that's where he, like, that's where he had his like major claim to fame um, or like passion, I guess, to WWE was through the Calgary Stampede. Now, the Calgary Stampede, if you don't know what it is, and I might have explained it in one of my other podcasts, but it's basically one of the world's largest outdoor events. And it goes on for 10 days. And it's, um, hmm, how do I put this? It's like cowboy slash cowgirl central. Um, there is country music, there's dancing, there's beer, there's um, corn dogs, there's poutine, there's popcorn, there's um, rodeos. I guess that's the main part of Stampede. Uh, there's like different like rodeos and like um, fucking, what are they called? Like were they, oh the wagon races or something? I am so, like you can tell, I, I'm not, I don't know a whole bunch about it. Um, I go to get really drunk and dance. Like I, I personally, I'm not the biggest fan of country music, but I will dance to anything. And um, that's like the one time of year where it's like boys and girls will be out on the dance floor. 
Um, so not that, I, not that that matters, but I mean, like everyone's together. I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one time where it's like boys and girls are on the dance floor. Bye, Chris. No, that's that's not what I was saying. <laughs> it's just like nice to see like everyone together. Everyone's having a good time. And it reminds me, like, when I compare, like, nightlife to Ireland and what it's like every single day, it's, like, Stampede. Um, To my Calgarians who knows uh, what Stampede is and has, like, witnessed it and they've gone out in it. That's what a night out is like in Ireland, like, on the weekend, every weekend. So it's just, like, everyone out there having the crack, having fun, drinking, getting drunk, dancing... Um, and there's also just like a really gross part of it too um the divorce rates like double um you know the week after um there's loads of babies born nine months after it um and it used to just be one massive cocaine fest um when um calgary was doing really well um especially during the 80s 90s and even early 2000s like i have clients who are like like a little bit older who'll come in and they'll be like oh yeah they're like it was party central i had a nurse one time coming to me at work this is why i love my job i hear all the juicy deets I, I i know i'm such a bad person for that but i love it um and don't lie i know you love it too but she was telling me this is such a sidebar oh my god um she was telling me that um she loves she loved when it was like stampede and everything like that and it was a great time and it was a great era to like kind of grow up in when calgary was booming and everyone was rich and blah 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 but she said there was a really big downfall to it because literally every person who would come in to the hospital like during stampede was usually for like cocaine overdose and she's like not even during stampede but she's like during the boom in calgary when everyone just had so much money cocaine was left right and center of you like it was just a major thing and like um i guess like for the oil and gas industry people in like they're in the law industry like law firms and whatever and just big companies in general and like i feel like i literally live under a rock because when i hear these stories i am like what are you serious like i i still am like such a baby with that shit i'm like no way like no way like companies or like people i know that did that like no way <laughs> like um yeah actually it's true i'm like oh okay <laughs> um so yeah that's basically what stampede is and unfortunately it did have to be cancelled this year but there's no way they could have done it they did do the food trucks though oh and mini donuts how can i forget the mini donuts mini donuts are amazing um anytime like my cousins come out here I, they always come out like the wrong time of year because they never get to witness stampede um so i'm hoping like there's gonna be one year while i'm living in calgary at least that sorry i feel like i'm moving the microphone i'm just trying to get comfortable um <laughs> just being a little baby but um yeah it definitely seems like it would be a um a fun time if like you had your all your cousins out and your fam and friends but yeah it's really good so anyways that's where he got his like love for it from was from watching it at the calgary stampede i guess um, and then he got like I guess um, scouted maybe if that's the right word um, to work for the WWE down in the states so anyways on June 25th of 2007 professional wrestler Chris Benoit his wife Nancy and their 7 year old son Daniel were found dead in their no not sure how to pronounce this word Fateville Georgia home around 2.30 in the afternoon um police entered benoit's home 
on a quote welfare check after several missed appointments and found three dead bodies investigators confirmed that benoit um murdered his wife's son and committed suicide on a three-day period so they believe that Nancy was the first one killed, which was the the mother and the wife. So on Friday, June 22nd, Benoit killed his wife, leaving her bound by the ankles and wrists and covered with a sheet in a room in their home. A Bible was left by her body and she died from asphyxiation. Okay, that was a struggle. Um, she had bruises on her back and stomach consistent with Benoit pressing a knee into the back while pulling a cord around her neck. It was later revealed that Nancy filed for divorce in May 2003, allegedly after domestic abuse from Chris, but withdrew it in August of 2003, according to the county's district attorney, Scott Ballard. So, um, Chris Benoit, when he was very young, I just want to add this in here because I feel like it's important. It doesn't do many justice by any means, but when I think he was about three years old, he got in like a major car crash and he hit his head very badly and he actually had to be in hospital for um three days so immediately i'm like head trauma frontal lobe personality issues but he seemed to have left and everyone thinks it's fine but the thing is when your brain starts growing like at that young age yeah it looks fine but as you get older and you give all these hormones and you know you're changing even when you get past you know in your 30s let's just say um a damage to the frontal lobe can have a major impact and my boyfriend chris always disagrees with me on that he's like you can't you can't just call someone a serial killer because they they had um frontal lobe issues no that's not right i'm like nope (laughs) you're wrong (laughs) but yeah that's that's our arguments but um so yeah they he did have definitely some strong personality issues i think and suffered a little bit with that so um, between the two killings at about at about 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, June 23rd, a co-worker received a voice message from Benoit stating he missed his flight and overslept and he'd be late for that night's house show in Beaumont, Texas. So that was kind of like alarming to people because like it was like a live show too. So according to the World Wrestling Entertainment WWE website, the co-worker called Benoit back and Benoit sounded tired and groggy and confirmed that everything he had said in his voice message. The same co-worker, quote, concerned about Benoit's tone and demeanor, called him back 12 minutes later. Benoit did not answer and called the the co-worker then left a message stating, just call me back. At 3.44 p.m., uh, Benoit and the co-worker call, sorry, Benoit called the co-worker back, stating he did not answer the call because he was on the phone with Delta Airlines changing his flight. Quote, Benoit stated he, um, he had a real stressful day due to Nancy and Daniel being sick with food poisoning. End quote. The WWE website said, according to WWE.com, the co-worker uh, often travels with Benoit called him um, from outside the Houston airport and Benoit answered. Benoit told the co-worker that Nancy was throwing up blood and Daniel was also throwing up. So, like, he's just obviously trying to cover up with, like, what had been going on because I think he's, like, starting to panic and just trying to cover time until it's, everything's finished with. So, between the two killings, Benoit later called WWE's talent relations office stating his son was throwing up and that Nancy... Uh, was going to be in hospital with the son and then he'd be taking a later flight to Houston but would make the live um, 
event in Vermont, Texas. So Daniel was um, the son. He was suffocated by Benoit in his own bedroom, killing him. A Bible was left by the boy's body. However, it was revealed on June 27th that Benoit may have killed his son with a chokehold. Scott Ballard said the the boy had internal injuries in the throat area, but showed no bruises, indicating he may have been locked in the crack of his father's own arm. Which is so scary and so fucked up. Um, So... That at the time this happened, it is not yet known. Daniel had a needle mark in his arm, suggesting that he may have been given growth hormones because of Benoit and his family considered him undersized, which was theorized mostly by the result of him suffering from fragile X syndrome. However, District Attorney Scott Ballard actually, I remember there was a boy in Kyle's school in California who had fragile X syndrome, and he was the sweetest guy ever, and I can't remember his name. Oh, he was so cute. Maybe his name was... Oh, his name was Max. Maxim. That was... That's what his name was. Oh, he was so cute. Sorry. Sidebar. Again. Um, however, District Attorney Scott Brawler released a statement saying that the source having access to Daniel's medical files reviewed that uh, said files had found the mention of pre-existing mental or physical ailments. Likewise, Daniel Benoit's educators... Uh, sorry. Educators report that Daniel was on par with the students and not to be held back previously taught so like these people are just doing this anyways because they feel like their son you know should be bigger and he should be stronger and like, that'd be very very hard because you know they have this like he has this dad he's like this massive huge guy like super fit and you know wrestling and hurting people and then his son is like literally just this tiny little being who's just trying to get by in life and they're injecting him with like growth hormones and maybe like those help i honestly i I don't really know a whole bunch about um fragile x syndrome to be quite honest with you so anyways between 351 and 358 a.m which is the witching hour anytime around 3 a.m and you're up to something bad you're probably possessed with a devil just saying i remember after i watched paranormal activity um and she kept waking up around 308 312 315 for like still actually sometimes this day i kept waking up around three o'clock three fifteen in the morning i was like the devil is taking over my body <laughs> i'm not even joking like i literally still think that i'm like that's so scary why do i always wake up at that time um so on June 24, 2007, five text messages were sent to Benoit's co-workers, among which was Cavo Guero, which was his friend who um, had originally been calling him to travel with him and was like concerned about him. From both Benoit and his wife's phone, the first, third, fourth, and fifth text message stated, quote, my physical address is 130 Green Meadow Lane, Fateville, Georgia, except the fifth message omitted the word physical so people were really confused and were really trying to like understand like why like why is he saying like just physical like that doesn't make sense so the second text message which according to scarp ballard uh was believed to have been sent to his neighbor to get someone to find their bodies committed suicide although like everyone was wondering why he was even like sending out his address in the first place Although Cuevo claims um, to have received a message stated the dogs are in the enclosed pool area, garage side door is open. 
WWE officials were notified of the text messages sent to the co-workers two hours before the bodies were found. So, you know, like, everyone is, like, already being very alarmed. Why is he sending out their address? You know, why why is he letting people know where the dogs are? They're really starting to um, panic and, you know, just... I don't know. I think it was just scary for them, to be honest with you. So the perpetrator, Chris Benoit, according to Scott Ballard, died of asphyxiation and was found hanging by the cord of a weight machine in his basement. God, that's horrific. That's so horrible. Uh, when Benoit released the weights, about 240 pounds, which weighed more than he did. Oh my God. Jesus. It caused strangulation. Ballard said the pull-down bar had been removed and Benoit was found seated against the machine. There is no evidence that Benoit left suicide note of any kind, making it difficult to understand any of the possible, any of the possible motives for his actions, if he indeed did them. WWE attorney Jerry McDevitt um, appeared on MSN with Dan Abrams on July 17, 2007, said that Benoit had prescribed testosterone as part of the treatment for testosterone replacement therapy, which McDivitt um, said was a common medical practice for people who had used steroids in the past and suffered tes- testicular damage as a result. That sucks. His balls were all fucked. Um, former wrestler and Harvard graduate Christopher Nowinski, who has since gone to be a groundbreaker in the field of sports-related concussion trauma and chronic um, traumatic, now, here we go, encephalopathy. I actually googled how to say that word and I already forget how you say it. Or CTE. So let's just stick with CTE. That's why I'm glad they always have these like little acronyms for these huge, massive, um, terrifying words. Uh, I too I'm so embarrassed as well about the um my last episode with all the German names I'm like fuck now I know how every other podcaster feels when they have to like read someone's name and it's like in a different language and one of my clients was in he's actually gonna start listening to my podcast and he's from Russia originally and I was like listen man if you're gonna be listening I recently just released an episode with a whole bunch of German names and you're literally gonna like kill yourself laughing like it is is not gonna be good um because i think i believe his girlfriend was from um germany so that's why i like mentioned that to him i was like oh this is gonna be embarrassing um so again my apologies on that i'm not the best reader or um speaker (laughs) so along with the writing of the book head games football's concussion crisis has come out and claimed that Benoit may have been suffering from repeated untreated concussions throughout his wrestling career, ultimately leading to an unstable mental state. Which is true. It does. It can happen. I happen. I actually remember learning, um, in Irish history class years and years ago about Oliver Cromwell and how, um, he would get so angry sometimes that he would keep whacking his head off the table or off against like a, a stone wall and the more he did that the more people started to realize his personality was changing as he went on as a leader and that guy was fucked um and people literally think and i remember my my history teacher mr boyle telling me about this and i was like yep that sounds about right and then here we are years later when i'm obsessed with true crime and it's coming all back to me and i heard it first with oliver cromwell if you don't know who he is give him a fucking google he's a duck okay 
So, um, yes, they think he had, like, untreated concussions throughout his wrestling career. And Nowinski had been quoted saying that Benoit was, quote, one of the only guys who would take a chair shot in the back of the head. Which is so stupid, end quote. So true. Like, fuck. Who, who wants to have pain for fun? Like, I just... No, thank you. Only tattoos, though. That seems kind of good. So, um, another article had stated that after the death of his friend Johnny Grunge in 2006, Chris Benoit refused to attend his funeral and he would not attend church anymore due to hatred of religion. But yet he had a Bible next to his wife and next to his child he had just killed um he would not let nancy benoit go past out past 6 p.m and he would not let daniel go outside because he felt that someone was watching his family and paranoid that someone was stalking him this behavior consistent with the late onset of schizophrenia um however it should be noted that diagnostic criteria for late onset schizophrenia um, is still a subject of some debate and paranoid behavior does not necessarily indicate that someone has schizophrenia anything else could have happened so um it was first reported that to fans of wwe their mobile alert service had posted their official website soon after quote world wrestling entertainment is deeply sad to report today's benoit and his family were found dead in their home there are no further details at this time other than the benoit family residence is currently being investigated by local authorities tonight raw on usa network will serve a tribute to chris benoit and his family which i can imagine they kind of like not regretted but yeah i guess regretted when they found out that like he was the murderer he was the one who did it and um so wwe extends its sincere thoughts and prayers to the benoit's family and relatives and loved ones at this time of this tragedy which you know for a lot of people like wwe is a massive um passion for some like say my brother and you know if you ever said to him like oh john cena is dead i actually think he'd be so upset he'd be so so upset the poor devil so wwe canceled the scheduled three hour long live raw show on june 25th and replaced with a broadcast version with a tribute to his life and career featuring his past matches segments from the hard knocks the chris benoit story dvd and comments from wrestlers and announcers it wasn't until the program was nearly over the reports surface that police were working under belief benoit murdered his family and son before killing himself the next night after the details of the deaths became concrete, WWE aired a record statement by Vince McMahon um, before their ECW broadcast hinting towards the regret of the previous night's special stating that Benoit's name would not be mentioned other than during the Mc, uh, McMahon's comments. So they did regret it. They totally did. And like you could call that because once obviously like a major show like WWE comes out and then, you know, they're doing this tribute to him because they just think he's been found dead. Like someone's murdered the, all three of them. They should have really waited because what are the chances that all three are dead? Like you would just want to give it like a few days, maybe like a week's, a week's memory you know not jump right to it and then you're like well fuck now we look like idiots because we've just released this memoir video and he's fucking murdered his whole family since then the company quickly is quietly distanced itself from benoit with the exception of past match results and listening to wd wwe titles history removed all past mentions 
um, and merchandise is all Benoit. The WWE also has decided to edit all the matches that contain Benoit from reprocast of matches of their excessive uh, video library. So they really, they really did like, um, you know, like they wanted to like disclude themselves from him because he gave them such a bad name and it's not their fault like, it's not like these people know that this is gonna happen you really don't and unfortunately like there is like a lot of head trauma in these like, same with like football rugby wrestling boxing all these things uh kickboxing there is a lot of head trauma in these in these sports um and there's really good documentaries on these. I think there was one about this an American footballer and how he slowly was deteriorating mentally because of all the hits he was taking to his head. Now this is a sport with a helmet. Like rugby is just like hard fucking core. And it's just right to the point. And it's the same with like wrestling and all the other ones too. But so when news was released about Benoit's death, most mainstream news outlets covered the death, including um msnbc and fox news ecw um, press announced on july 16th that noted wrestling writer erwin machuknik would publish the book of benoit case like so many people wanted to write about this because it was just insane and one of the biggest things about this case was the steroids and the de- debate the debates behind it and i kind of want to get into that because i find it quite interesting um and I remember like one of my coworkers talking to me about how um one of her exes like years ago, um, you know, she found out he was doing steroids and like what a shock it was to her. And it's like it is scary. Like it it's it it is scary when, you know, s- someone you know and love is taking these things and they don't know, um, you know, the downfall behind it. So steroids were found in the home, leading to some of the media organizations and hi. Sorry, little. Um, organizations that had steroid included rage that if they may have that may have caused rage caused Benoit's actions as some doctors have linked steroid use and controllable anger among other uh, psychological issues which include paranoia WWE released some press statement hitting at the roid rage claims so like they people people did not you know agree with this so Prosecutors in New York have been investigating deliveries Benoit received from the signature pharmacy MedicsLife.com, which sold steroids and human growth hormone over the internet. Um, Terrence Kidlin, um, who is the lawyer for Medix Life co-owner Dr. Gray Broadwin, denied allegations that its client's company sold steroids to Benoit, which is like, why even lie about that when it's literally on their front porch or it's like in their house and like it's going back to your company? Um, so the second package was sent on February 13th, 2006 and the address, uh, sorry for the address, um, in Peachtree City. And the first package was in December, 2005 to San Antonio, Texas. So the third package was sent in July, 2006 in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, this followed 11 superstars that were announced in Sports Illustrated steroids investigations that began in March, 2007. Um, so... The World Wrestling and Entertainment Attorney Jerry McDevitt had stated that quote they believe that the facts of this crime do not support the hype sorry the the history behind the roid rage played in the role of the murders. 
the site evidence is premeditated and the addition of the lack of toxicology report the fact that the steroids were found in Benoit's home were legally prescribed so um, going on to the toxicology result, results, as people thought they like lacked a lot of evidence, at the press conference held by Georgia Bureau Investigation at 2.30, um, it was announced that three different drugs were found in Nancy Benoit's system. Now, please bear with me as I name these out. Hydrocodone, Hydromorphone, and Xanax. All three drugs were found at the levels investigators considered normal therapeutic treatment. So, uh, a blood alcohol level was found at 0.184. Dr. Chris Perry added that it was impossible to say whether any of these blood findings was due to investigation of alcohol or the post-mortem process. It was also ruled out that Nancy was sedated by Chris before she was murdered. Um, Xanax was found in Daniel Benoit's system and Scott Ballard noted that that it was not drug that would be given to child under normal circumstances. It is believed that Daniel was um, sedated prior being murdered with Dr. Sperry ruling out that Daniel died from drug overdose. However, the GBI said the press conference it could not perform tests of steroids or human growth hormones on Daniel because of the lack of urine. So, in the years following to the double murder and suicide, it continued to be referred on to the media. The Great American Bash pay-per-view on July 20th, 2008 was the last WWE pay-per-view on TV14 rating. WWE immediately, therefore, adopted their current TVPG, which resulted in noticeable toning down the edgy content in shows. Within fewer months, blood was also banned, which returned to WWE's protect and pre-1970 rule of prohibiting deliberate blading in matches. So they really started to like tone down the, um, I guess, the aggressive side to wrestling, which I don't really know how you can do because it seems so aggressive to me regardless, due to this. And I think they had like a major backlash because it's like, okay, well now we don't support wrestling because clearly it is affecting these people. Um, and there have been many discussions whether or not Benoit would ever be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Steve Austin predicted that Benoit, although important to the business, would never be inducted to the Hall of Fame due to actions. Um, and Chris Jericho also stated that Benoit should never be in the Hall of Fame to do, to, due to what he had done to his family. So that is the crazy story of the Benoit family and how they were murdered. Um, it, it honestly is... Um, a heartbreaking story and so scary and I had all these ties and twists and turns and stuff and it's just it's crazy when you do hear these stories of people in sports and they go and they kill their family um and I definitely want to do a few more of those and get into like more details of like the actual murder and what was leading up to it because it's clearly premeditated when these people are mentally unstable and um are not seeking that the help that they need but um yeah so that is the story of Chris Benoit um and I love to have like a little tie to like Calgary and Edmonton you know Alberta um not really proud of Alberta right now with a uh, you know good old Jason Kenny <laughs> you know I was watching his statement yesterday that he came out with um because basically Alberta is the only province in all of Canada that hasn't made a mask mandate for the entire province he's only made it mandatory for 
Calgary and Edmonton and then he goes on to be like do you really think if I came out with like a a mandate that people in these small rural towns in Alberta will wear a mask no they won't they won't do it I'm like dude that's why you have a fucking role is so you can tell people like what to do who gives a fuck imply he's like and do you think the peace officers are gonna hand them out tickets well you better tell them to like you are in control like it, he's well oh, anyways I'm totally getting into politics when I shouldn't be but yeah as you can tell I don't have like an amazing um love for that guy <laughs> but uh I hope you enjoyed listening today please don't forget to rate review subscribe I'm like you know that's really what's gonna help me like move up into the charts and people find me randomly rather than from referral which either or is great tell all your friends your family your aunts you know have like good deep dark secrets I want them all to know um but yeah again happy December 1st I hope people are slowly getting into the Christmas mood and if you're not that's okay Christmas isn't for everyone um and it's a hard time of year too for everyone as well I understand that so have a fantastic Tuesday stay warm and stay safe bye-bye